Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening into our podcast, CASDRAP. That stands for Confused Asian Zoomers, parentheses, Discuss Relevant American Problems. We're your hosts, Dina and... Yihong. In this podcast, we discuss trending social and political topics around the world. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Confused Asian Zoomers. Today, we're going to the coronavirus. Um, as of March, the government has passed the CARES Act, which was the original coronavirus stimulus bill. And that is what got us our unemployment benefits, our stimulus checks. But now, with the unemployment benefits expiring on July 31st, which at the time of recording this episode was last week, there has been debates and discussions in government about what the next stimulus bill should be. And so now the Democrats have sponsored the HEROES Act and the Republican Party has countered by um, proposing the CARES Act. And so now mm-hmm. with all this debate and with pe- millions of Americans risking eviction and employment benefits expiring, we thought it was necessary and relevant for us to talk about this. So let's get into it. Okay. So first, let's talk about the HEROES Act. So House Democrats basically have a $3 trillion relief bill for COVID-19. And so basically, it gives 12000 uh, not 12000 sorry, $1,200 per person who have already qualified for the first bill. So it wouldn't be given to other people like that don't qualify for the first bill. And then 2400 per couple and 1200 per dependent, but there is a $6,000 cap per household. Next, the bill would give $500 billion to state funds, $375 billion to local funds to help with the, to help with unemployment rates. Uh, it would also give 20 billion dollars to tribal funds and 20 billion dollars to u.s territories and then it also provides 200 billion dollar it has a 200 billion dollar heroes fund which gives essential workers hazard pay family care and essential equipment like masks and like ventilators to doctors it really looks out for the people who are unable to work from home and it lasts till January 2021, and hopefully by then mm. we'll have at least a vaccine being prepared or we'll have our corona rates will be significantly down. That's the hope. And then it also has, it also sets out $75 billion for new testing, and it, that also ensures free COVID-19 treatment to people because I've heard a lot of people say that even though they got tested for corona or like they got treatment for corona like they're in debt because it was a lot of money and they're uninsured because they're unemployed so and then it also so we talked about this in our elections part one I believe and we were talking about farmers 
And so basically the bill provides $50 billion for new farmers and $50 million for already established farmers and like farmers markets and local markets. So they're literally looking out for the farmers and agricultural workers. And then it gives, a, it has $100 billion set out for rental assistance and it extends the eviction um, ban by one year. It has a 75 billion homeowners assistance part to it too. It also gives $25 billion to the UC, I mean USPS. So it helps stabilize it because Trump has now underfunded it because of the election. And it also gives $3.6 billion to states for election security. Mm-hmm. So they ensure that there's no election, quote unquote, election fraud that through mail-in ballots that our president mm-hmm. is so set out on claiming that there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that the HEROES Act is, well, obviously it's, it's a continuation of the CARES Act in the sense that it continues the unemployment benefits and the stimulus check payments. Mm-hmm. But I feel like overall, it's quite a cautionary bill in the sense that it, it, it's pessimistic. It kind of, it, I guess the people who's, the Democrats who sponsored the bill were thinking that coronavirus was going to last for another year, mm-hmm. considering they continued the eviction moratorium for 12 months Mm -hmm. and you know it it's proposal the total cost would be three trillion dollars which is the biggest federal bill in history the Mm -hmm. cares act of 2.2 trillion was huge yeah and now the was act is three trillion and so obviously the republican party who is against like big government spending taxes they would oppose that yeah and so of course now the republicans have countered by proposing the heels Act, which mm-hmm. is a one trillion dollar stimulus package. Yeah, and so I'll just break that down. Wait, before you stop, I mean, before you start that, I would also like to add. I think, like, they added that one year ban for eviction. Wasn't because, like, they think the coronavirus is going to last a year, but obviously the effects of the coronavirus is going to mm. last for a while because even though the we'll have a quote-unquote vaccine and this is the hope that we'll have it by January but it also means that doesn't stop our country from being in already a recession and Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop the low I mean the high unemployment rates that are like it's gonna still take time for businesses and companies to get back onto their feet and to start rehiring and I think that I, the the Democrats are just kind of trying to look out for those people that mm-hmm. got the shorthand short end of the stick. Yeah, I, I do think that the Heroes Act has a lot more safety cushioning in the bill written out, considering like how they allocated money for farmers as well, which is something that I didn't even think of. But now that you bring it up, quite interesting. But Moving on to the HEALS Act for a second, just to kind of break down what it's about. So it's a $1 trillion stimulus package. These stimulus check maximum payments are the same as the CARES Act, which is $1,200 for single filers and $2,400. And the stimulus money 
is the same as the original CARES Act, which is $500 for dependents, which is different from the Democratic Heroes Act, which is now up to $1,200 for benefits, up to three um, dependents. The unemployment benefits, this is the big one, they cut it down from $600 per week to $200 per week, which has caused a lot of um, anger on the Democratic side of the aisle. Um, the uh, enhanced unemployment benefits would be lasting up through September. And then after that, it would be 70% matching lost wages. And then that the entire unemployment benefits from federal government would expire in, Jan um, would expire in January. And then, oh, there's a lot. <laughs> um, they allocate $70 billion to K through 12 schools that opened for in-person classes and 29 billion for higher education. Whereas the Democratic bill uh, allocates 58 billion for grades, 2 billion for higher education. Um, the emphasis on schools reopening. And then what's interesting is the CARES Act is the only act that um, provides five-year liability shields to prevent schools, businesses, and hospitals from being sued over coronavirus-related issues. And it, lastly, it uh, allocates $16 billion for coronavirus testing. So what do I think of all of this? I think that the Republicans with this whole CARES Act, they're a little bit too hopeful. I think they're a little too hopeful of the fact that coronavirus is just gonna end and that we're all just gonna jump back into regular life. And you know, the you were talking about um, the 12 year um, eviction ban extension that the Democrats proposed, talking about how, you know, jobs are just gonna be created against, again, once the coronavirus ends, right? I feel like perspective that the Republicans have right now, just, you know, the, the whole point of this CARES Act is they're trying to incentivize people to go back to work and, you know, how they're cutting down unemployment benefits. They, their argument is that having such high is encouraging people to stay laid off rather than go to work, which is like the words of like Ted Cruz, which isn't the case because you can't just go back to work because you go back to what jobs? You know, like we, 30 million people lost their jobs. It's not like they're suddenly back. And so cutting unemployment benefits doesn't do anything but just push unemployed people further down in terms of financial security. So I think Republican notion that people that are unemployed are lazy and that they got laid off because they didn't do their job right. But that's not the case. There's literally a pandemic going on. And a lot of companies and a lot of businesses had to lay off their, their, their employees because they don't have enough money to support everyone. Mm -hmm. And they're unable to give them money because their sales are down. Or no one's buying any of their products because it's not needed right now. And it's like based on surveys on unemployed conducted in May, June, and July, economist John Lear estimates that 29% of the 8.5 million recipients of unemployed insurance or 5.45 million Americans 
would be unable to cover payments on rent, health insurance, food, and other basic necessities in August, and another $9.2 million would run out of savings by the end of September. So them cutting off this bill and them like even cutting it down to $200 really just screws over everyone in that that's unemployed and it's not even their mm-hmm. fault because they're literally in a dip, in a pandemic like we can't prevent them from getting unemployed it's mm-hmm. it's a unavoidable like pa- fact you know yeah yeah like the only way that we're gonna see jobs come back is if we all hunker down get this virus under control which it clearly is not right now and then mm-hmm. we'll be able to safely but cautiously go back. I think the problem with this is that we closed down for a bit in March and then we all just returned back to usual, especially Republican states. And now we're suffering the consequences seeing all these hot spots and spikes in red states. But I don't know why Republican politicians are staying so hopeful over the fact that coronavirus is just gonna like go away. Mm-hmm. And then also back to the unemployment benefits discussion. Um, I think a lot of Republicans were arguing that $600 a week is too much and that it keeps people wanting to stay laid off because they make more money. This mm-hmm. is a lot of what a lot of conservatives think this. But then as my favorite politician, Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says, if you think that $600 a week in unemployment benefits is too much, it's not an issue of federal unemployment benefits. That's a wages issue. Yeah. That people are making, I, I was doing some calculations. So under the current unemployment benefits, which expired in July, Mm -hmm. with the $600 of federal unemployment benefits, I was taking, I was using Texas data. So Texas state benefits for unemployment are $246 a week, which means that an unemployed Texan would be getting $846 a week. That means Uh they would make $3,400 a month Mm -hmm. with federal aid. And then I Googled what a livable wage is in America, which is about $16. Double, more than double right now at a livable wage they would make they would need to make three thousand two hundred and eight dollars before tax to just live at the minimum and that's just a little bit less than the amount that the federal unemployment benefits plus state unemployment benefits provides for unemployed people Mm -hmm. and taking into account the fact that the median median monthly rent in texas is 1455 that's already about half of your income gone for rent right exactly and then I did a comparison using the GOP proposed dollars, which would cut out $400. They would, the GOP proposed benefits would result in unemployed people making $1,800 per month. And on a minimum wage, people would make about $1,500 a month, which means that the GOP proposed unemployment benefits would only be about $300 more than minimum wage. And minimum wage is not a livable wage in this country. Yeah, like this has already been established. That means that if I'm making GOP unemployment benefits, I would have $345 left to spend on everything else after rent in Texas. Who can live on that? No It's not livable. And they're arguing that, oh, then, then, then I would go back to getting a job. That way I could make more money. No. What about all the people who live paycheck to paycheck, who make minimum wage? Yeah. Who make a bit above minimum wage, you know? I just, I hope this is a wake up call to Republicans, especially that we need to raise the minimum wage to a little bit. Well, actually, actually, um, 
so it has been passed there has been a bill passed that by 2025 the minimum wage should be raised to $15 but the problem with that is that our minimum wage never accounts from imp- for inflammation <laughs> and the economy and so the fact that our economy is currently in at its like a very low point I think a minimum wage is not really that $15 is not enough for people to be working. I think it should be, it should be because minimum wage shouldn't just be a, like it shouldn't just be enough to account for rent, you know? Right. Like it should give us a little bit more. And I think it should be around maybe $17. And I know like a lot of people are thinking like maybe like, 18 year olds or not 18 year olds but 15 16 17 year olds shouldn't be having like being paid that much and I'm like but then don't hire 15 16 17 year olds you can literally have an age limit they just have to be 18 and older Mm -hmm. yeah I think I saw something about that how the government will only increase the minimum wage to the point where it's equal to the minimum wage previously, but Mm -hmm. adjusted for inflation. And because you have to consider how like living costs are constantly rising, housing expenses are constantly rising. So the minimum wage just isn't any bit reasonable. Yeah. I did did a job this summer that paid $12 an hour and I did it for a week. And Mm -hmm. I worked from nine to six almost every day. And I only made like 300 something dollars that week. Mm -hmm. Multiplied by four, I made $200. Who's supposed to live on $1,200 a month? Yeah, literally. It just doesn't make sense. And then I just find that cutting the unemployment benefits is so insensitive because, you know, according to Emily Benfer, who's the chair of the American Bar Association's Task Force Committee on Eviction, Mm -hmm. there's about 28 million Americans who are at risk of eviction during this coronavirus recession compared to 10 million in 2009, which was the Great Recession. So it's like, how tone deaf can you be to cut mm-hmm. off money from citizens during a recession, one of the worst recessions? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And it literally leaves like aid recipients to the, for them to not even like agree on a, like a single part of this whole aid relief and them not being able to extend it, it leaves aid recipients um, with their typical state benefits. And a lot of them don't even qualify for it anymore because Mm -hmm. they've exceeded the amount that their state has. And so each state has like a certain amount of weeks that they'll give unemployment benefits. And for a lot of people, it's around 26 weeks. But guess what? We've been in this lockdown for almost more than 26 weeks like we've been in this since March a lot of people say March 13th and I think a lot of people were starting to get laid off even before then Mm -hmm. so the fact that it doesn't like there's a lot of states that aren't even extending it Mm -hmm. and so in some states they can amount to only as little as five or ten dollars a week Imagine living on 50, 40 to $50 a week. I mean, a month. Like, like I literally get more than that for my allowance. Mm-hmm. And that's 
that's horrible. Yeah. It just feels like they're kind of just leaving people in the dust. They don't care. They, I feel like the GOP always seems to claim that they are looking out for a working class and they're looking out for the, the farmers and they're looking out for the people. Like how Trump said when he was running, he's like, oh, the Democrats, they don't care about you guys. But then he literally targeted poor white Americans. And yet his party can't even get their crap together. And they can't even, they want to like minimize the amount of money that a person gets. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy because a CNBC poll showed that 94% of Americans support sending monthly payments mm-hmm. to citizens. So yeah. this Americans clearly want the money. Of course, who doesn't want money? But especially unemployed people. You know, that 94% with the specific poll was sending monthly payments to people who are unemployed or at risk of being unemployed. Yeah. And then it's kind of ironic because during the original stimulus bill um, debates for the CARES Act, a lot of Republicans were opposed to a stimulus check being delivered directly to Americans' bank accounts. Funny, because that was actually Trump's idea in Mm -hmm. part. He wanted to send money directly to the American people. A lot of Republicans were critical and said, instead, what if we put that money into part of their unemployment benefits? But then now they want to cut unemployment benefits. So it's like, make up your mind, please. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They, And the thing is, is like Trump, I think he's, I hate to say this, but he's been probably on the better side with the Republicans. And he's saying he just wants to extend the $600 benefit instead of cutting it. Mm-hmm. And Mitch McConnell said if Donald Trump actually like goes through with this and um, if he backs it, then he'll, then he'll agree with the Democrats to do that. But Mitch McConnell, literally, he cannot, like, he won't allow the Democrats, the House Democrats to even like extend or not extend, but raise the amount of money that those people are getting. And $600 is not enough money. Like it's a lot better than having $200 per per month, but $600 per week, per week. Oh, per week. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So it makes more sense. Yeah. I think $600 is a pretty reasonable amount. I think it's enough to keep people afloat in the very least. Yeah. But like going back to Trump, you know, he proposed having $1,000 plus checks being sent to every American. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that technically happened depending on your income bracket. And it was also um, Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard, and AOC's proposal as well. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Trump for once is kind of in the right here, wanting yeah. to money to the people to keep the economy afloat i also do think it was a bit of a number one a re-election strategy and two like an ego boost for him because he insisted on having his signature on every single check mm-hmm. hammered in like hey this is me and also the fact that you know i was looking up the cares act to look into the original bill and on treasury.gov it says this this bill demonstrates the trump administration's care for the people or something i was like oh well i mean this is a democrat bill but Anyways, I think he's, he's kind of in the right here. I think, you know, the GOP yeah. needs to 
get it together. But then also, I was listening to The Daily, which is the New York Times podcast, and it was talking about yeah. the same topic. And they were talking about how the GOP is really against big government spending. And they fear that the proposed bill, $3 trillion, is like way too much government money. It'll just push us into mm -hmm. debt. And so why did they sign the original CARES Act, which was $2.2 trillion? And they said that was because um, Republicans thought this was a short-term issue. Yeah. That coronavirus was like maybe a two-month, three-month ordeal. And so I, I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Republicans didn't propose or create another stimulus bill to continue on after oh, the CARES didn't. Act. On they didn't. I remember seeing on the news that they were like scrambling for one week to put together this this CARES Act. And so it shows that they were just, they really thought this was a short-term thing, a global pandemic. Yeah, literally and they waited till the end of July to offer their own bill, the hundred, I mean, not hundred, the $1 trillion HEALS Act, and which wasn't even really a proposal, like a solid proposal agreed on by the entire GOP. It was just more of a collection of proposals that like some groups within the Republican Party agreed on. Yeah, and this just kind of further cements my belief that the GOP is a reactionary party, not an initiative taking mm -hmm. party. Yeah, it you know, like is. even when it comes to small arguments, like when we say Black Lives Matter, they say All Lives Matter. Same to create this bill until they saw the Democrat proposed bill and they were like, "Crap, we don't like this." Now let's create yeah. something like half, half cooked. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of messy stuff going on with this bill. Number one, that they they allocated twenty nine billion dollars for defense including $7 yeah. billion straight for weapons. Like, what do we need that for? We're not going to, like, we're not going to war. We're trying to fight a freaking virus. I'm sorry, do we need guns for to fight a virus? No, we need a, we need a vaccine. That's what yeah, we like, need. You should be spending money towards finding a vaccine. Like, not spending I, money on the, mm -hmm. like, already billion dollar military that we have. Yeah, what, what the heck is money in a coronavirus aid package doing going towards the defense industry? Now, their argument is that the um, defense industry as a whole and like the weapons industry shrank and lost money because of COVID. So did every other industry, right? So why yeah, are we... Like... Mm, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense. Like, also, like our military has way too much money. Like way too much money. Like, yeah, and a lot of this money is going straight to defense contractors like Boeing and Lockheed Martin. And this is because there was a lot of lobbying in the defense industry for this money to be passed yeah. by the GOP. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Like, if we're going to keep one industry afloat, not even afloat, just give throw money at them. Like, are you not going to keep every industry afloat by, you know, also, giving unemployment benefits? <laughs> yeah, but also, like, the GOP... Like, throughout the entire coronavirus, their justification for, like, opening up way too soon was to keep the economy afloat. We need to keep the economy afloat. But the fact that they're not even willing to give money towards people that are unemployed, like, what do you think is going to happen when those people can't make rent? Then we're going to, mm -hmm. then they, then there's going to be a bunch of evictions and there's going to be a bunch of closing. And the stock market, the stock market is going to go down even more. 
and we're mm-hmm. gonna go into a worse recession than we already are. Like, yeah. can they just? I they just need to have like a little bit of logic to think think through their entire like thinking. Like, it doesn't make sense. They're just not. They're not using their brains, basically. Yeah, and in the original GOP bill, um, which was in March, they also ended up having $425 billion in corporate loans, which was more money than was given to public services, which includes healthcare and small businesses. We love that for us. And what happened was that money could have gone towards Trump's corporations. Yeah. Like JCPenney got bailed out because they went bankrupt during the coronavirus whole recession situation. And um, the Treasury Treasury Secretary who is a former Goldman Sachs executive has almost complete control over those corporate loans. And uh, the Trump administration doesn't need to report where those loans go to for six months. And that bill got passed and was heavily criticized by Democrats. And, you know, it just, it doesn't click for me. It doesn't click for me. Why are we bailing out corporations? We shouldn't. Like, I mean, I get why. But it's not even like they're bailing out all corporations. They're only bailing out corporations that support Trump. Like, well, most corporations support Trump because he's good for them, right? But like, yeah, that's true. I just, I don't trust Goldman Sachs for one. They're just a messy yeah. company. They're but, so sus. Like everything that they do is just so like sketchy, and it makes like I'm like, why are you even letting someone that's associated with that? onto one of like the cabinet of the United States Mm -hmm. and you know just I don't even know (laughs) what are they doing (laughs) these corporate bailouts and then specifically the money ended up going to the airline industry great the airline industry did tank fine gas and oil industry which is an industry that heavily supports Trump yeah lobbies and then the cruise industry, but the fun part is the companies that they bailed out weren't even U.S.-based companies. So my guess is that there was some sort of lobbying going on there. Yeah. Maybe some dirty money. I don't know. Maybe Trump's sex ring, sex trafficking ring. Who knows? That was just yeah. Messy, messy, also, messy. Like, like cruise ships are just like really sketchy in general. Like if you like watch Patriot Act episode on like cruise ships. Like, all of them base themselves in um, small countries, underdeveloped countries that, so they can not have a minimum wage, so they can allow for murder, like, murdering on cruise trips to uh, be allowed and for, and they're not held liable for drowning accidents and stuff like that. But that's, Mm -hmm. that's for another time. Right. Yeah, and then lastly, I think that the HEALS Act really shows that the Republicans are trying to force that reopening. Mm-hmm. They really want to reopen way too soon. Yeah. Uh, the fact that, you know, they're giving so much money, billions of dollars to public schools that reopen in person. Uh-huh. And then they're also giving five-year liability shields to prevent businesses and schools and hospitals from being sued over coronavirus issues that just shows that they know that when we reopen there's going to be more cases and people are going to catch coronavirus because of reopening and then they're like we'll protect you because we want you all to reopen why do they want to reopen 
re-election. Yeah. And also, like... Because we've re And um, I forgot her name, but the Secretary of Education, she's literally mm-hmm. never been a teacher. She's never stepped foot in a public worked in school. education. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> like... she hasn't worked in education. She went to private schools her entire life. She went to private university. And she literally claimed that public schools need to reopen. And she also said that there's a 1% mortality rate of the coronavirus. Well, guess what? That's over, like, I want to say, that's like more than 100 million kids dying. In the world. In the world. Yeah, in the world. My bad. Yeah, but that's like a lot of kids. Like, you're saying, like, having even a million kids dying is not a big deal. I hope they know that, like, as soon as, like, Gen Z can start, like, the majority of Gen Z can start voting, like, the Republican Party is going to be out. Because they they thought risking our lives is more, is less important than the economy. The future of our, gen- the future of our country. Yeah, I, I think that they think that by forcing reopening, it'll kind of show that they'll it'll make the American people think that yeah, we're doing fine because we're reopening. Mm-hmm. That's why they're trying to force the reopening through this bill, but that's not the case. So I don't really get this tone deafness that's going on here. And then lastly, you know, this was a big controversy on both sides of the aisle. Um, there was money allocated for the FBI headquarters building. Did you? Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "This was a the White House at the request of the White House, and it's probably just Trump." Uh, for those who don't know, the current FBI headquarters is across from the Trump Hotel in D.C. And originally, because the FBI headquarters is kind of old, they were going to rebuild the headquarters somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But what happened was the current FBI headquarters across from the Trump Hotel would then be converted into a hotel, which would then result in competition with the Trump Hotel which obviously isn't good in a business perspective. So thinks is Trump the FBI headquarters to be rebuilt there so that he doesn't have any competition for his hotels, which is just like using your political position for business and monitoring, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. It is illegal. The whole Goya bean situation. I don't yeah. even know how he got away with that, but... You know, apparently Mitch isn't McConnell like an, about it. Wait, what? Isn't that like an abuse of power? It is. It, like you using no, your power to... No one holding a public office can promote a brand using your... They can't. Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump are both putting Goya beans in the Oval Office. Like, hello? Technically, <laughs> technically Ivanka Trump isn't an elected official. So therefore, it's like Jesus. a kind of a... It's in a gray area. But, oh, maybe. But she holds public office. And, or she, she holds is a holding a public position. office position, though. She At is what an quality? advisor to the president. She's literally just his daughter. It doesn't make any sense. I've never seen such bad his, nepotism. Her qualification in is, as Donald Trump said, I would definitely have sex with my daughter if she wasn't my daughter. Nasty. But, okay, so back to the FBI building discussion. Apparently, okay, so Republicans 
criticizing it. And then Mitch McConnell apparently said that uh, he didn't know about it and he opposed it too. I'm just wondering if Mitch McConnell didn't know that it was in the, the, this Heals Act, which he and the Republican Party propose, that tells me one of two things. That tells me one, they don't read their own bills. Or number two, they really just like don't care. Also, like, like he didn't even write the own bill. Isn't he? Isn't he the the leader of the GOP party? Leader. So confused. Yeah. So, like, who who the heck is writing these bills? This just shows shows how half baked this heels act is. Yeah, it was literally just yeah, like you said earlier, it was in retaliation of the heroes act because they don't want the democrats to win and obviously uh republicans it passed through the house because it's a democrat majority but it's as soon as it reaches the senate it's going to be gone because it has a republican majority but the thing is is like i think maybe um those republicans that don't really agree with how the current prominent Republican leaders are. Maybe, hopefully, they might. Uh, who knows? I mean, I do get why the GOP opposes the Heroes Act just because of the price tag on it. Three trillion dollars mm-hmm. is a heck of a lot, whereas the Heroes Act is only one trillion. They're both in the trillions, but that's a big difference yeah. in trillions, you know. And so, two things. So, number one. When I was doing research, I found Keynesian mm-hmm. economics. This is the, one of the notions behind Keynesian economics is that during a recession, which we're very much in right now, government should increase spending to help the, the economy mm-hmm. come back, right? Which makes sense. During a recession, like you need the government to put money into the economy to get it to go back to, to become afloat again. And so another part of Keynesian economics. Okay, so it calls for more government spending. And it also says that the government can borrow enough money to make the economy bigger by using federal stimulus. And so this draws the question, I have this question. So where the heck does this all this money come from to fund these government stimulus bills? And so originally, I think most people think it's from taxpayer mm-hmm. money, right? Was actually from the federal government selling bonds to the public private sectors through the treasury and then in return you get the government will borrow money and then agree to pay us. And so the theory is that what actually happens is the government will sell enough bonds and borrow enough money and that money will go back into the economy to the point where the economy can expand and then we're all good, right? Whoa, I didn't ever know that. Like I didn't know that. Why didn't why didn't it's kind of confusing. Or why didn't our school system teach us that? And you have you have macroecon next year, so maybe you'll learn about it. Now, yeah. I am not an economics at all. I don't know much about economics or finance or legislation for the matter. I don't even know why we're trying to get too in-depth into this because there's obviously, obviously more nuance behind it than we know. But, yeah. you know, just as a normal person discussing it. But anyways, so the only – the time when government spending gets too big is when the government starts printing too much money. Or spending too much money, which results in inflation, mm-hmm. which and also high interest rates, and then people argue that that can lead to economic turmoil, right? Because inflation and high interest rates do result in um, contraction of the economy. But the thing is, we're not seeing that right now. So the argument that 
government spending has gone to kind of isn't there's no evidence for that yet yeah so i mean we're in one of the biggest recessions in american history highest unemployment rates i think the government should be spending more money yeah i don't get why like the gop should during this time during a crisis be able to kind of come to terms with the fact that we need to spend money now Mm -hmm. even if they're the government spending party this is like a crucial time in our history when we need to as a government be helping the people yes not corporations not the defense industry mm-hmm. not hotels helping the people exactly and so i mean I, I hope that the democrats and republicans can come to a deal come to a bargain yeah even if it's you know even if it's hundred dollars benefit. i think that's the because that's what's going to help keep keep people afloat or else a lot of people are going to go homeless yeah and that's just going to put us into worse recession as it is but you know the problem is i I was reading apparently it's predicted that there's going to be no deal for weeks to months yeah which is so concerning because i don't think i think a lot of both democrats and republicans they really just want to win for their party rather than they actually wanting to look out right. for the people. It just shows the government prioritizes, you know, politics over the people. Yeah. And that's an issue. We need to dismantle the establishment. Yes. But, you know, that's a, the two-party system is a topic for another episode. But yeah. I think that this concludes our conversation today. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening Please go follow our new Instagram at CA Zoomers. It'll be very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, and you can follow our Twitter with the same handle at CA Zoomers. Mm-hmm. And you can check out our link tree for links to ways to listen. Well, I mean, you're listening right now, but there's also links to our <laughs> website. And go follow our Instagram, share this podcast with others. Um, stay inside, social distance, keep a mask on. Cases yeah. still aren't good regardless if the White House is manipulating data. Who knows? Stay safe, y'all. And to all of our Zoomers, stay confused. Don't be a jerk. Peace out. Bye, guys.